Hello, Popheads, and welcome to issue 48 of the Tomcast Popcast, also known as Popcast. We're a proud member of the 3PZ Network. Did you know that? Uh, yeah. Well, my name is Tom, in case the name of the show didn't give it away. Uh, <laughs> and with me today is none other than the inconsolable Roger Smith. Yep, cannot be consoled. He's still X Omega Gold on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Follow that guy for all kinds of fun, random things. Yeah. That's what I do best. And uh, if you want to follow this lovely small independent podcast, we are on social media too. Yep. At the Tomcast underscore podcast on Twitter, at the Tomcast underscore podcast on Instagram, and we're getting intro music from Poison today, it sounds like. Oh, oh my. Nice. Hey now. <laughs> uh, and if you're feeling like it, head over to head over to patreon.com backslash or forward slash no, forward slash Tomcast Podcast. And uh, join Pophead Nation and give us a little financial love yeah if you're feeling like it if you're down remember this is the pop culture podcast that knows that only Roger saw the Joker so I have nothing <laughs> else to say about it and that's what we're doing here today this is a this is a long time coming for us yeah um you know the Joker came out at a time in which I'm I'm fucking busy yeah <laughs> I don't have time for fucking movies right now okay <laughs> No fun. Uh, yeah, no fun. Well, I can't say that that's not 100% accurate. Um, I, just pre- I just prefer my fun to be uh, available via my couch yeah. at the moment. That's fair. So I have not made it out to see the Joker. To, to see Joker. Just, I keep saying the Joker, but it's just Joker. Yeah, I guess it is, yeah. Uh, but you have. I have indeed. And, and so we're here to kind of collect your thoughts mm. on the film. Yeah. But... Through the magic of podcasting. <laughs> we also have someone else's opinion on the film. Yeah. Someone who I suspect is a bit contrarian to yours. <laughs> possibly, possibly. And that would be the other uh, the other <laughs> inconsolable <laughs> member of this podcast. That'd be my brother, Mark. Yeah. Uh, who, when I, when I sat down with him to record for the Evil Dead episode, uh-huh. I was able to pick his brain a bit on his thoughts on Joker. Oh, cool. Mark, much more of the uh, harsh critic. <laughs> sure, sure. Which is not normally our cup of tea on the show. <laughs> yeah, know, we're, we're, we're pretty laid back. Yeah, we're a bit more of the forgiving crowd. Yeah. Uh, Mark is not that way. Uh, <laughs> he does not forgive. He does, does not forget. forget. Exactly. <laughs> grudge. Maybe grudge holder, maybe? Possibly? <laughs> Possibly. He's probably going to be mad that I said that. <laughs> no, but a, a man with strong opinions. Sure. So, via the magic of podcasting, I'm going to give you his Joker review. But before I do that... I should mention, we're still at Def Brewing. They haven't asked us to leave just yet. Yeah, they might soon, so we'll see. Might soon, might not. I don't know. We'll see how belligerent we I get. Think I think they're taking a shine to you, Roger. Oh, well, you know. They saw your shirt. They're like, hey, now. Oh, yes. He's a man who wears pink. <laughs> He's welcome here. It's true. i got to represent. Yeah, so we're, we are at <laughs> Def Brewing, which is one of my, my local neighborhood breweries. We're over in the Linda Vista Bay Park area of San Diego, right off the trolley line, and uh, listening to Poison. Yeah, still here, still drinking great brews. What do, what do you have this time around? Ah, let's see. This time I went for a little more classic. Well, I guess you can't really be more classic than a Belgian, but uh, I went for a English IPA. It is the Deft Hop Golden. This one's coming in at six percent. Very definitely very nice. uh, English style. A little more malty backbone. A little more classic hops. Definitely a, a nice, refreshing uh, throwback. Very good. You're Sounds enjoying good. that one, huh? Yeah, it's good. Good. It is good. They do. They do. They don't do bad beers over here. 
haven't had one yet. Mo and his team, uh, they know what they're doing. Uh, we have the wonderful Jen as our as our beer tender tonight. Yeah. She's taking good care of us. Sure. So we're having a nice night. Uh, I'm having the Hefeweizen, which is their their interpretation of a German Hefeweizen. Mm. It's not a hazy? It's the, it's the OG hazy. <laughs> this is a real OG hazy. OG <laughs> haze right here on this bad boy. Uh, comes in at, at, at like 5%. I mean, this is an easy drinker. And uh, if you listen to our last show, it's still a bit warm, though the sun is going down and it's cooling off. Finally, yes. But this Hef is drinking very nice. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do now is uh, we're going to go back in time for a minute because uh, podcasting gives me that power. Yes. And uh, we're going to get Mark's sound bites on Joker. Okay, so we have a special guest, uh, my brother. You may remember Mark the, of... Episode one fame has rejoined us. Uh, he wants to share his thoughts on the Joker because he's seen it and I still haven't. So, Mark, what did you think of Joker starring Joaquin Phoenix, directed by Todd Phillips? I didn't like it. Hey! <laughs> so you're the one, apparently, huh? I guess. Are people saying this is really good? I, I guess. I mean, that seems to be the consensus, at least according to all the advertisements and commercials I'm seeing. Well, you can't believe any of that. But <laughs> um, the little bit of stuff that I've seen about it, it, it all seems pretty mixed. I've spent a little bit of time thinking about it, and I just I tend to come down on the side of, yeah, I didn't enjoy this movie. So... Now, for for anybody who's not clear on on things, Mark is a big Batman fan aficionado. So you you know you have a love for the the Joker as a, as a villain for Batman. Yeah. So you know you you do have you know perspective, I suppose. You know, it's not like you're coming into this cold, not really liking the character or anything. Right. So do you do you, do you think it was a good version of the Joker at all? No. Okay. <laughs> all right. So my my take on it is that Joaquin Phoenix did a really good job playing a mentally ill person who puts on clown makeup and commits some crimes. But that's kind of it. I don't it didn't feel like the Joker to me, despite um, a lot of the resemblance to the killing joke storyline by Alan Moore. Now, okay. So now when you say that, uh, are, are you referring to like the, the sort of like the red hood backstory that Alan Moore talks about in that comic? Or do you just mean like this, that the, the portrayal of Joker? I, I mean, specifically the fact that, um, in the killing joke, the man who becomes the Joker is his, is a down on the luck, down on his luck comedian right and he's got a wife and a baby on the way and he decides to commit a crime to to get some money to help support his family that that's kind of it um whereas in todd phillips's joker joaquin phoenix plays a man who is very much down on his luck struggles to hold down a job um, instead of caring for a wife and on the way baby, uh, he's caring for his mother 
Um, and yet, but, but he's mentally ill as opposed to being just kind of a, a loser. He's a loser, but he's a mentally ill loser, I suppose. Okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. And what about, like, I, I'm trying to ask questions, but I, obviously I don't want spoilers because I, I haven't seen the film. Right. And you, so you're obviously, like, yeah. you know, measuring your responses. Um, but, yeah. I mean, does this guy seem like he would be a foil for Batman? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> Not, and I, I, it, honestly, that, that was one of my, my biggest criticisms while watching the film. I just thought this guy would, he doesn't stand a chance against Batman. Batman would, would just crush him because the, the, the character isn't very intelligent. And as as you and I both know, the, the the Joker is a very cunning and intelligent character. Right. And so much of what this man, Joaquin Phoenix's character Arthur Fleck, accomplishes is solely based on on luck and and chance. So, yeah, I. You're not gonna you're not gonna get away from 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 Batman relying on on luck. Yeah, Batman not a character who who leaves much to chance. That's for sure. <laughs> right. And and I mean, did you find that there were a lot of connections to the the comic book universe or the, to Batman lore, or were, were there was it kind of did it did it kind of try to keep itself relatively free from that? Well, what do you mean? Do you mean like a specific storyline? I mean, I guess I guess or? I wonder. Like, like, do you feel like it could fit in the, in a Batman universe in some sense, like a cinematic or comic book or otherwise, or does it feel like very just isolated from itself? It feels very isolated. I mean, obviously there there are connections to the lore, as you know from the trailers. Thomas Wayne is in the film, so so things like that, but. But it is a a standalone movie. If they wanted to build a universe around this, they, they certainly could. Um, I don't know if I recommend that. <laughs> sure, sure. But but it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily. It also wouldn't necessarily be a bad starting point either. Um, I I also don't want to sound like I'm I'm totally shitting on the movie as well because I don't think it's an awful film it's it's a competently made movie at the at the same time so yeah I mm. so it sounds like you enjoyed the performance at least from Joaquin Phoenix insofar as he played a, a mentally ill dangerous individual okay but I don't, and this isn't Joaquin Phoenix's fault. But I didn't feel like he he portrayed the Joker. Um, the character is a little too whiny and self pitying for me to really think of him as as being the Joker. The Joker doesn't doesn't strike me as as that kind of character. Okay, okay. And you say the film's competently directed by Todd Phillips. Is that a fair? Yeah. Okay. It's, it, it, yeah. I thought it was interesting that Todd, that this is a Todd Phillips f- film. I mean, I think that's one of the things that is 
most unique because I mean I think everybody knows Todd Phillips for doing crazy comedy movies. So to see right. him doing a, a you know a, a sort of character study film is definitely interesting and unique. Yeah, um, to be honest though, I I wasn't that surprised by it because I know Todd Phillips has stated in the past that he wanted to do more serious fare. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you watch the Hangover movies, you can kind of see him leaning in that direction, especially by the time you get to three, because whether you like those movies or not, three is kind of, it's almost not much of a comedy. It, it's almost kind of a character study of the Zach Galifianakis character. <laughs> right, right. You know, it, 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 it feels like uh, kind of, Todd Phillips trying to to part ways with that more immature side of, of his filmmaking and and prior and actually prior between Hangover Three and this there was uh, War Dogs which wasn't a bad movie so and, and that that was definitely more serious in tone than say the Hangover films okay. It's it's funny you mentioned uh, Zach Galifianakis because I when I heard that Todd Phillips wanted to make a Joker movie, I in the back of my head I was like, oh, how funny would it be if he got Galifianakis who did the voice of Joker for the Lego Batman movie? I didn't even know that. So. Oh, well, Lego Batman is awesome. You should definitely watch that. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the any of the Lego movies. Well, that is a huge oversight on your part, sir. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, what else do I have for you about this film that I'm curious about? Uh, I don't know. Again, I'm hoping to see it, so I don't want to get too too deep yeah. in, into like plot points or anything like that. Um, right. I, 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 I will mention uh, that currently on Rotten Tomatoes, the film has a 68% fresh from the critics, and it's a 90% on the audience score. Wow. That's yeah. surprising, right? I would think I would think that critics were bigger fans than than audiences, but right. well, I mean, to be fair, like the, you know, based on the percentages, I mean, t- the tomato meter for the critic side only has four hundred sixty eight, uh, you know, votes or whatever or scores, while the audience score is up around thirty three thousand, almost thirty four thousand votes at the, or points awarded at this point in at this date that we're recording on. Okay. And also, I mean, I was going to say, I mean, look, I, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, just, I, I don't put much stock in Rotten Tomatoes anyways. I kind of can't stand it when I see trailers that are like, oh, it gets a 99% from Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, who cares? <laughs> I know, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but it is kind of an interesting barometer to look at. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm more into it as, as a curiosity. Yeah. Uh, it does bear mentioning that the, so far the movie's made $93.5 million, which is a lot of money. Yeah, what was it budgeted at? I don't, I don't. Oh, that's don't a good know. question. Let, let me see if I can pull that up real quick. I'm sure that'll be on IMDb, right? They usually, they, they usually have budget information on there. Give me two seconds. Fill the time yeah. with something witty, Mark. <laughs> well, I'll just uh, another thing ab- ab- about the movie that I'll say is that you know where it's going the entire time. Okay. Um. And just kind of on sort of a personal preference note, I'm a little tired of 
the ultra realism in in particular in Batman films um I wish filmmakers would remember that these are comic books and that there is a bit of fantasy involved. Sure. And I, yeah, it, you don't, one of the things I kept asking myself was why does this take place in the late seventies, early eighties? Like there, there's no reason for it. It's a fictitious city. You don't need to make it feel like New York from the 1970s. You can just depict Gotham as being a modern day shithole. <laughs> um, that budget information you got, uh, you wanted, was it? It was budgeted for, uh, at 55 million. Okay, so yeah, doing well. Yeah, doing doing extremely well, it would seem. And uh, I mean, it, I would I would like you said, it seems like it's it does lend itself to a, a, a sequel. I would be kind of surprised at this point if, if DC Warner Brothers didn't try to push for one at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think really the only challenge would be getting Joaquin Phoenix to do it because it's my understanding that Marvel had courted him to play Doctor Strange and one of the reasons why he didn't do it was he didn't want to be tied down by a contract to be in like 17 different movies wait I missed so, that who, who'd you say but I'm sorry who, who did you say was going to be Doctor Strange Joaquin Phoenix my understanding oh, was oh, that oh, Marvel okay. talked to him about playing Doctor Strange interesting I don't think I knew that yeah, I, I mean, I heard that on on another podcast. I, I won't say which one because I don't want to quote them. Maybe I'm misremembering. Uh, there's, there's, there aren't other podcasts. There's only this podcast. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made it up. Well, let me ask you this question. Uh, there have been many iterations of the Joker on film now, you know, TV and animation and, and movies and stuff like that. Like, where, where, where would you put this Joker? Would I mean, near the top, near the bottom, as far as performance goes? Well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my, my live action ratings. Okay, I won't enough. include animation in this. Um, I'll just say my number one is Heath Ledger, then Jack Nicholson, Cesar Romero, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, and Jared Leto. <laughs> okay, so he's, he he gets over on Leto, which I don't think's a big shock to anybody. <laughs> well, look, you know, and again, like this isn't Joaquin Phoenix is really good in the movie, and this isn't like I love all of those performances of the Joker. I love Heath Ledger, I love Jack Nicholson, I love Cesar Romero, and Joaquin Phoenix was really good. I think a, a lot of people, rightfully so, are really going to like him in this role. Again, for me, it was just simply, I don't, this character did not strike me as the Joker. Um, that's that's mainly why I, I, I place him where I do. So... So it's not it's not it's not a it's not a knock on him or his performance because because he is excellent in the film. Okay, uh, one of my concerns, and I mentioned it several times on on previous episodes of the show, was I was concerned that the trailer was painting the Joker as some kind of like hero for the downtrodden. Was, was that the case, or were the trailers a bit a bit misleading? And you don't have to go into any details if it's spoilerific or anything. You know, he kind of is. Okay. Okay. I, 
I don't and again I don't think to the the detriment of the movie though because the movie very much um portrays things from the Arthur Flex character the Arthur Fleck character's perspective so you know it, it's it's that old saying that the 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 villain is the hero of his own story sure. and so you you see this this inversion where the good guys are bad guys and the bad guys are good guys and here's why I, I, I didn't have a problem with that I didn't feel like it was sort of celebratory of violence the, the whole time you're watching the movie you're still aware that what this character is doing is wrong and that and that he's he's unhinged okay so it's, it's not but it's, go I'm sorry please finish your thought no I'm sorry no 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 no, no. go ahead I was just going to say, so you, you, there, there's no concern. The, I guess like the, the concern prior to the film being released was like this was some kind of a, a – the, the people were concerned that this was like a, a – a, making the, the, the Joker some kind of like hero of disaffected white males. And, you know, the, there was, you know, concerns of, of, of violence happening in places. But you're saying that's not – you don't think that's the case. I, I, I don't – for me, that comes down to the fact that I think in real life, I think if someone wants to commit an act of violence, they're going to commit an act of violence, and it's it's not because of a film. Maybe they would use that film as an excuse in their poorly written manifesto. Oh, sure. But, you know, I, I I'm I'm not going to hold a film responsible for for the actions of someone else, and, and in no and again in in no way. Does it does it justify people um, lashing out violently? Sure, no, no, that's good, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And I think I'm, and I, as far to the best of my knowledge, there, there have been no incidences of of violence or any attempts of violence at, at screenings of the film or anything like that. So that's that's always good to hear because you know people should be no. safe going to a movie theater. Yeah, no, yeah, none that I've I've heard of, and. You know, I, I, I know you talked about on, on your show the whole um, incel thing, the involuntarily celibate um, aspect of, that people were, were criticizing it for, for being uh, celebratory of incel culture or right, sympathetic right. to it or whatever reason or whatever. But in all honesty, the film is most about mental illness and about class okay. as opposed as opposed to incel culture okay so so the joker becomes a joker not and it's not a, a woman's fault right no not at all okay i know i know several well, <laughs> uh-oh. uh-oh <laughs> you kind of have you you kind of have to see the movie okay to, fair to, enough. to know what i'm I, to, to know what i'm talking about i i, I know but, several but it, it, I was going to say I know several females who are hesitant to see the movie because they don't want to see a movie like that. If, if like it's you know, this guy becomes a crazy bad guy because of, of some girl rejects him or breaks his heart or something. And I, I can it understand that point of view. It is definitely not because a girl rejected him. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I think that's pretty good. You have any any final thoughts you want to any anything we haven't covered that you want to make sure you get out there, get off your chest. You know, I'll I'll say this: I, I as, as much as I didn't like the film, I kind of respect 
the fact that it was a character study and I do encourage people to go see it okay and and decide for themselves and when I said before that it wouldn't necessarily be a bad place to start um, a film franchise off of I think I I think I still enjoyed this more than I've enjoyed any other DC cinematic universe film yikes <laughs> yeah mind you I still haven't seen Aquaman so. oh well come on man what are you waiting for I know you're waiting for Aquaman too, so you can go see him back to back. I'm waiting for it to be free on Prime. Maybe it is already. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. Well, thank you for your uh, opinion. I'm, I'm glad we got that on here, and it'll be interesting to um, hear your thoughts and Rogers because I'm pretty sure they're they're going to be uh, quite contrasting. But it's, it's it'll be I think it'll be a good conversation mm-hmm. all around. All right, cool. Thank you for listening. Thanks, man. Thank you. Oh, that Mark. (laughs) So many hot takes. Yeah, yeah. So many hot takes. We're we're back in the present now from the past, but Hollow Notes are playing for us. I feel like I'm in an 80s montage scene. (laughs) It's it's great. Yeah. I can't be mad at it. Hollow Notes, the hit makers. I mean, do those guys have have a song that flops? I don't think so. I don't think so. No way. So now I'm I'm gonna turn the show over to Roger basically. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm still here. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna ask some questions, <laughs> but I would love to get Roger's take on Joker, uh, the film directed by by Todd Phillips, starring yep. Joaquin Phoenix. Yes. And uh, Roger, take it away. Give us give us your your highfalutin opinion there, fancy pants. <laughs> well, for the other side of the uh, of the coin, if you will. Um, yeah, I really liked the movie. Uh, it was definitely a completely different take on a superhero movie than I'd say anything we've seen so far. Uh, I don't know how far into spoiler territory you wanted to get, so I'm, I'm going to keep it kind of surface level, kind okay. of just overall thoughts, because I know you're going to see this. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think that's fair. I, 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 you know, Mark kind of did the same thing. He yeah. Like, we, we talked about things, but we didn't get too deep. Sure, sure. So anyone who hasn't seen the film yet, don't worry. We're not going to ruin it for you. Yeah. Though, spoilers, I think he becomes Joker at the end. Yeah, that, that's a big spoiler. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, in case you weren't paying attention to the trailer. Yeah. Or the title. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a fun yet disturbing ride for the entire movie. It was, it was the kind of movie that leaves you on edge, that leaves you a little uncomfortable after everything. There's definitely moments of levity throughout the entire movie. Don't get me wrong. It's not just, like, super serious there's no time you laugh kind of movie because that that doesn't fit well with the Joker. But it's definitely the kind of movie where you have to have a little bit of dark humor to appreciate, I feel. Um, Definitely something where if you don't have that, I feel like you're not really doing the Joker as a character justice. I mean, Joker's whole shtick is dark humor. Mm -hmm. You know, just this... is. It's funny because it's not almost stuff, you know? And just the way that he sees the world in such a way where he can make jokes that other people might not think are funny. And that's actually... uh, There's a scene in the movie where it kind of makes reference to that, where, you know, he's laughing when everyone else isn't, and when everyone else is laughing, he's not. So it's definitely something where you see how he sees the world in a completely different manner. Right. Like that, that's some kind of condition of his in the film. That, that, yeah. That, like, he just... 
and like it's kind of I guess it's kind of like like Tourette's basically you just kind of start slapping randomly yeah I, I believe it's a real condition uh, a very rare condition but it is from from what I make from the movie it seems a lot like it's almost triggered by stressful situations mm-hmm. so it's you know there, there's an agonizing moment where you know he's trying to do stand up and he is you know obviously super anxious and stressed and he can't stop himself from laughing and you can see his like inner turmoil and frustration where he's he's just trying to do his routine and he can't fight back this condition and it's like it's excruciating and it's sad to watch and yet at the same time you know he, he'll like get through it and at the same time not really right, <laughs> so right, right. you know a lot of that kind of stuff unwinds later throughout the movie but um I think just one of the one of the cool things about the movie is just the the twists and turns that it takes you know I don't think anybody could have told you what the movie was about prior to seeing it you know we had a lot of people saying oh the movie is going to be about this the movie's going to be about that and i don't think it was about any of that mm-hmm. to be honest which is which is really cool because they they kept away from all the you know all the fear-mongering media stuff that was coming out you know right, when we were right. early on talking about that that was a big deal you know a lot of people were scared a lot of people were hesitant to see it on opening weekend and nothing happened which is you know super super thankful nothing happened nothing came of any of the warnings or any of the potential fears ultimately it kind of seemed like oh well that was kind of for nothing (laughs) no um you know we 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 talked a little bit about a little bit about it on the show leading up to the release i mean i don't think I, I, i definitely feel like people's concerns um I feel like they were justified. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely yeah, I mean, valid. There, there's definitely a risk that you run when you are going to make a villain mm-hmm. who is known for being a homicidal maniac sure. your protagonist. Yeah, that's fair. And and again, we, you know, again, I, 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 I dislike having to discuss the psychology of the world in general. Sure. But yeah, I mean, there's dark and twisted people out there who... Identify with this character for yeah. whatever reason that they do they, that they do, and so I mean, I I understood where they're coming from. Sure, I didn't I didn't want to dismiss it out of hand, but I'm I am like you. I'm very happy, very relieved that um, perhaps if they did identify with this interpretation, it didn't trigger anything for them. No. It didn't incite anything, and I'm <laughs> glad that people were able to the movie theaters. Yeah. A place that you should be able to go sure. in relative safety and comfort and not exactly. have to worry about these sort of things and yeah. enjoy a night out at the theater and pay $85 for popcorn and Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, everyone's God-given right. That's right. <laughs> so thank God that yeah. I paid fourteen fifty for Mike and Ike's. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, you know, that was, that's, that was one of the things early on that a lot of people were concerned about. And, you know, there was there was definitely, it felt like a push in, you know, a lot of that, like we spoke on the last episode, that clickbait media trying to be like, right. how can we, you know, fear monger this to try to get as many people concerned about it as possible? Because this isn't the first movie with a villain as the quote unquote protagonist, you know? I mean, basically any horror movie you watch that's franchise, you know, you got your Friday the 13th, your, you know, Halloween, you know. Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. If you're Team Johnny, 
That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's the Cobra Kai going on there. That's right, man. If you're pro Cobra Kai, that Danielson's a real motherfucker, huh? Uh, he's kind of a dick. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, all these things, you know, like even something like Saw, you know, where like the main character is the sadistic person. And yet, you know, there's some people that in a strange way appreciate the, the nature of what they do. Even a lot in, uh, in some of the original horror movies that kind of became franchises, these the main villain of those movies kind of became more or less of an anti-hero like he wasn't killing innocents for the most part he was kind of killing like cool people like people doing deviant behavior right you know no one no one that died in those movies seemed like an innocent especially in the movies later on you know like like i was saying nightmare on elm street friday the 13th all that kind of stuff so it's not the first time we've seen this kind of like backing of a villainous character right and just for some reason just because of how maybe how real the similarities to certain things that are going on in society are happening right now you know that might have been a little too close to people which is completely understandable and i get it but one of the things this movie does really well is depict what happens when a person has lost all of their support when a mentally uh, unstable person loses all of their support outlets. And that's actually something that this movie does a good job because it, it talks about a lot of, you know, you know he, uh, he has a, the social services character where it's, uh, you know, you see from the trailer the lady that's kind of like his, his uh, therapist mm-hmm. that's kind of asking him questions and that kind of stuff. Well, during the movie, that character, for one reason or another, she can no longer help him. And it's, you know, he's got the line, so, you know, what do I do about my medication? And she kind of just basically shrugs at him, you know? And it's like, you, you start seeing, you know, like, if, uh, if a person, you know, that's, you know, not mentally well, that needs help from society, no longer has this help, what are the outcomes that could happen? And this movie really makes a point of being like, this is as bad as it could be if we don't do a good job in helping these kind of people. You know, because, sure, in the beginning of the movie, the Joker character, he's a little off, for sure, as anyone would be that has these kind of underlying issues. But he's getting support. He's taking medication. You know, he, he has these outlets. But as the movie continues, he loses these things one by one until he's just putting pretty much pushed to the wall and, you know, someone in that condition is going to snap. So it's very much that kind of story where this is what could happen if we don't help these people. And ultimately, I think that's that's a good story to tell. That's the kind of thing. It's like we need to, as a society, look towards our you know mentally unwell and take care of them. You know, we don't want these kind of things happening. Well, I mean, as as someone who works in in the Hillcrest community, I mean, <laughs> I see the mentally unwell on a constant basis sure. because. Uh, San Diego's homeless population is a out of control. Sure. And and b I, I think it, it I think it highly consists of, of people who need that that help for, for yep. whatever. Uh, I don't even know the right word. I don't sure. I don't want to say the wrong thing here. But yeah. Like, yeah. No, what, what, whatever psychosis they may, they perhaps are dealing with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean you're 100 percent right. It, it, you know, I look at, at like I said, around my work, it, it, the homeless population. I mean, most yeah. of them need 
psychological assistance. Yeah. And it, for whatever reason, uh, because of the way society is structured currently, mm-hmm. it's not available to them. And so yeah. they're, they're out, and they are not well. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, I mean, I guess I'll just say disruptive sure. to society at large, but they need, they need help. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of the one of the major points of the movie. I feel is that they're trying to make that point that you know there are these people in society, and you know another theme of the movie is definitely uh, you know the rich versus the poor. Right. You know, and so they do they do go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, and you have uh, oh no, Ooh. ouch, that wasn't us. No, no, we're not we're not to that point. Yet. We're not amateurs. We're, <laughs> we're, we're practiced at this. So, yeah, getting back to that. So, you know, another theme is definitely the, the rich and the poor, um, that struggle between the two. And, you know, this, this movie talks, talks a great deal on, like, just the difference between how the two live and how they live with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, how they coexist. And, you know, uh, I think it's... Uh, I, I believe it's, you know... People know Thomas Wayne is in the movie, right? That's that's yes. been established. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't want this to be a. I think I think it's even in, in the trailers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't want that to be something that gets spoiled. But yes, Thomas Wayne is in the trailer, and they take a they take a different angle at Thomas Wayne. We uh, the Thomas Wayne we've always known from the comics and any version of him, I'd say, except Flashpoint, maybe is a, a noble, caring character that is really trying to do the best to help a society that's degraded to the point that Gotham has. And Gotham in this movie is a hellhole. Like, right, right, right. Literally trash in the streets, rats everywhere, just, you know, craziness. And the tension and the unrest in society is getting to that boiling point, you know? So... Essentially, it's uh, it's that whole struggle of you know how does one of uh, high stature like Thomas Wayne help these you know poor people, and this movie takes a different angle and approach and basically goes about it by saying, all right, Thomas Wayne is this similar character. He is trying to help everyone out, but he's less of a noble character in this. And more of a, like, I'm doing this because, you know, I'm above these people and they need to rise up like I do, you know. Yeah, it's a weird take on the Wayne family. It is, and I don't... It it, it definitely is. It's a weird take, and it's something that's, you know, takes a little getting used to, but at the same time, another recurring theme of the movie is... We don't know how much of Joker's story to believe. Right. Which is... They keep that consistent with kind of a lot of the other takes where they... Yeah. They want to keep it kind of ambiguous, I suppose, to a certain extent. Which is good, because that is Joker. Joker needs to be this kind of character that has an ambiguous past, that has an ambiguous story, because that's... It's just akin to what that character needs. So, essentially, you know, we get this different take on Thomas Wayne, which, like I said may or may not be just his vision on things we'll say right because because there's there's a there's a little bit of weirdness that happens in the movie that you're like oh okay but uh so we don't know if maybe he actually is that much of a d-bag or (laughs) or if he's just interpreting that and you'll you'll see early on in the movie why i might have those qualms about it where it's like well maybe maybe not you know but I think that's one of, I think that's probably the third coolest part of this movie is that 
a lot of the movie is up to your interpretation. Okay. There's there's a lot of things that happen in it. And there's a couple twists in there that make you think like, oh, huh, that's that's interesting. That makes me look at this other part differently. So there's there's a few really cool twists that happen. There's um, I think because of that, it opens up the possibility for you to really not know how much of the truth is happening in this movie. So I'll leave it at that to not give too much away, but it's definitely, I think, if you take that interpretation even through the end of the movie, I think you're going to like it even as a, you know, as a bat movie in general. Um, I guess I'm curious if you think... You know, obviously, this movie takes place in a time where, you know, Thomas Wayne's still alive. He, he's yes. sort of a, of, of a figurehead for, obviously, the, the wealthy in, in Gotham City. Sure. But uh, if if Bruce is in this picture, he's obviously a child. Yes. Um, does do you feel this film fits into Batman mythology at all, or is it just like an outlier? That's a bit of a tough one because I've always kind of struggled. I had the same issues with Gotham in that all the villains in Gotham are already adults right. and Bruce was a kid. Yeah. So that means by the time Bruce is an adult and fighting these guys, they're all old men. Yeah, I, and I was, I was thinking that I feel like it's even more true in this one because I'm yeah. like, Walking Phoenix is like roughly 40-ish. Yeah. Now, I don't know if he's playing a 40-ish Joker, but yeah, yeah. Let, I mean, let's say like Bruce in the movie and maybe he's 10. Yeah. And he goes Batman when he's like roughly 30. Sure. So that makes like the Joker what? A senior citizen? Basically. <laughs> he and just punches in the mush every time he gets a chance? Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where it kind of makes you think because I, like I said, that's always been one of my qualms with the whole Bat storylines of like Gotham and even a little bit with this. I, I'd say I struggle a little less with this because the Joker is such a character that he, in most adaptations, I feel he's not winning because he's a better fighter he's winning because he's more cunning more you know well yeah I mean there's a ruthlessness too I mean yeah. like he's, he'll cross lines that Batman won't exactly and yeah. that's why he wins it's, it's not because he's a more athletic person and I know there's some interpretations which have the Joker as you know almost in as good a shape as Batman it seems you know he's going toe to toe with him in certain situations where someone with a martial arts background like Batman should be able to take out some random guy on the street right exactly yeah but the fact that he's going toe to toe one way or another kind of makes you think well shit maybe he does have some training somehow yeah 100% um now that's interesting now where would you rank the Joaquin Phoenix Joker uh, against all the other Jokers uh, that have been on the screen, and like, you know they go into like animated series, but I mean sure. you know just like of, of movies, and uh, if, you know if you want to throw Cesar Romero in the mix, that's fine too. That's up <laughs> sure. to you. Like, and any kind of like real life adaptation of the character. Yeah, yeah, you know that's that's definitely a question that I've been like dwelling on for a while because it is the question that people are gonna obviously ask. You know, it's the thing that people want to know. And I just feel like it's it's so so difficult being able to judge the Jokers against each other because each one brought a different aspect to the table. I'd say the two most similar are going to be Heath Ledger's Joker and Joaquin Phoenix's Joker just because they're the two most realistic, I'd say. So as far as their characterization goes, other than the realism, they're completely different, you know. 
Well, uh, you feel like Heath Ledger's Joker is more of a guy, a guy with a plan, a guy who's, you know, seeing, seeing two he- steps ahead of every game, you know? Whereas Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is a guy who's just kind of disillusioned by society and is just having fun with it, you know? Hey, Popheads, how's it going? Uh, Tom here, and I'm coming to you um, several hours after Roger and I concluded our recording session at Def Brewing tonight, where we were uh, going over the Joker film. And uh, we ran into some technical difficulties. Uh, Luckily, I was able to recover the episode, but I'm not 100% sure I recovered the entire episode, especially the tail end there, as Roger was finishing his review. Um, hopefully I did catch it all and hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I I feel like Roger, uh, provided a nice, uh, cross section of a review, uh, juxtaposed against Mark's review. You know, Mark was a bit more, uh, critical of things. Roger, a bit more accepting of the choices made in the film. Uh, so I think that made for a, uh, interesting segment, uh, as far as, you know, where people kind of stand on that, on that, on the Joker film that is out right now. Uh, I hope you guys have seen it by now. I haven't. I still haven't. I, I hope to get to it soon. As you can tell, my voice is a little little, little gone again. Once again, uh, hopefully next time I talk to you guys, I'm, I am 100% recovered uh, because uh, sounding like this is not much fun for me. Um, but thank you guys so much for, for sticking around and listening. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, what we did at Deft. Give me some feedback on that. I know there were some issues... Um, you know, the background noise was a little bit louder than I would have liked. Um, I, You know, you guys know that I'm not the most technically sound as far as uh, filtering things out. I'm trying to get better at that. Um, we had a good time out and about. I just hope that the background noise wasn't, wasn't too distracting for you guys. Uh, but I want to thank the people over at Deft, Mo and Jen, uh, for taking such great care of us and, and uh, providing a great atmosphere to record in. Um, I hope we can do the show there again. Uh, very, very soon. They are uh, so welcoming welcoming and accommodating, and uh, the beers are fantastic. And like I said, Roger and I had a great time there. So I hope we'll be back there soon in the near future. Um, and with that, I think we're going to wrap it up, okay? So uh, if you guys are feeling up for it, uh, head over to Apple Podcasts and, uh, you know, drop us a five-star review. Uh, we're a small podcast, and awesome five-star reviews from from super cool listeners like yourselves they go a long way to making us stand out and, uh, you know, get the word out that we're doing, we're doing good work over here on the TomCast podcast. So follow along with us on social media at TomCast underscore podcast on Twitter and at the TomCast underscore podcast on Instagram. Thanks again. And uh, by the way, if, anyone's, if no one was paying attention, the Nats are now up to nothing. So the DMV looking good. It's going to be fucking bananas down at Nationals Park on Friday night. I'm so excited to watch the game. Uh, if any of my super awesome friends in the DMV are going to make it down to the ballpark, uh, take pictures, send them to me, tag me when you're there. Uh, I'll be super jealous, super excited, and I'm really, really excited to watch the game. You guys take care. Thanks for listening. Ciao, babes. Ah. Ah. Never start with the head. The victim gets all fuzzy. He can't feel the neck. See? You wanted me. Here I am. I wanted to see what you'd do.
and you didn't disappoint, you let five people die. Then you let Dent take your place. Even to a guy like me, that's cold. Where's Dent? Those mob fools want you gone so they can get back to the way things were. But I know the truth. There's no going back. You've changed things. Forever. Then why do you want to kill me? <laughs> I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, no. No. No, you. You complete me. You're garbage. You kills for money. Don't talk like one of them. You're not. Even if you'd like to be. To them, you're just a freak. Like me. They need you right now. But when they don't, they'll cast you out. Like a leper. See, their morals, their code, it's a bad joke. You've dropped at the first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. See, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions!